dive into the dip dye collection with Yumiko this month. Just in time to sprinkle some spring color into your wardrobe, a variety of exclusive selections are launching online. Each is hand-dyed by designer Yumiko Takashima and boasts a range of hues that are completely one-of-a-kind. These fan-favorite items sell quickly, so be sure to check them out today. Additional ready-to-wear items will launch mid-month, and although stores will remain closed until further notice out of precaution for COVID-19, keep in touch with all things Yumiko at yumiko.com and at yumiko on Instagram. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by Mira Nadon, New York City Ballet Corps de Ballet dancer. Mira began her ballet training at the age of six at the Inland Pacific Ballet Academy in Montclair, California. She attended summer courses at the School of American Ballet in 2014 and 2015, before entering full-time for the 2015 winter term. In November of 2017, Mira became an apprentice with the New York City Ballet and joined the company as a member of the Corps de Ballet in November of 2018. We talk with this rising star about her training, joining New York City Ballet as an apprentice at just 16, and her career accomplishments at such a young age. Mira, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We are all three of us in different states, but managed to connect. So this is exciting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited to have you. It's been a long time in the making. So, you know, quarantine times allow for us to connect, which is great. So yeah. let's just get started and tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in ballet and dance. Um, I think my parents just put me in a dance class when I was five or six. Um, apparently, I was always kind of just dancing around on my own and making graceful hand gestures or whatnot. So (laughs) they um, enrolled me and yeah, I took a liking to it and stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Was that, were you you in a a school that was fairly serious or it was sort of just like playtime after school? Um, Yeah, I actually got really lucky. The studio that I ended up going to was only about 10 minutes away from my house. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, like my family didn't really know anything about ballet. I wasn't, didn't think I was going to be serious about it when I started. So did you continue to stay at that school or did you start to look around once you started um, to yeah, realize? Yeah, I was, I was there all the way until I went to SAB when I was 14. Oh, wow. So um, it was a, a good school that anywhere lucky yeah, to kind of fall upon it. really a very solid classical base. And I think one of the best parts about that school, it's called the Pacific Ballet Academy, um, was we got a lot of performance opportunities. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a... Um, a regional company attached to the school. So mm-hmm. in all of their performances, they had a lot of opportunities for the kids at the school, which is really great. Wow. That is really cool. Yeah, it is great. That might factor into later when we yeah, start talking I'm, about your career. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I cool. got to perform then because when you get to SAV, you really don't have that many performance opportunities. I mean, the only right. time you're actually on a stage is your one workshop performance. So I think Mm -hmm. that can be really stressful for some people if they haven't ever had an opportunity to be on a stage like that before. Right. 
Did you do any competitions during that time or were you really just focused? Um, yeah, on- I didn't. At the t- I think my studio does YGP now, but at the time they were they very anti-competition. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Michael and I understand that. We never did yeah. that <laughs> Oh my God. It's so terrifying to think of. I, I actually, I almost, I came close. I was a, like a year. I love, I moved from Kentucky that that year my Cuban teacher was going to start making me do competitions. And oh, uh, it's just, I think actually is, right. I think right when my last year there, I think people started doing competitions, but I didn't didn't end up doing it that year. It's so funny because I've always felt very strongly about them. And then through this podcast, when we've interviewed people, like the most fearless dancers and people are like, oh, I'm not scared of anything on stage are the Mm -hmm. people who did insane competitions just all the time. Yeah, I mean, it seems stressful. Yeah. And I think that maybe it just like (laughs) conditions you to be like fine on stage or something. Yes. Very bizarre. Interesting. <laughs> so, Mira, what was the decision making process like for um, attending? I guess your, was it your first summer program, SAB? Yes, it was. Um, so, I somehow managed to convince my parents to let me audition for the summer mm-hmm. course. They, I think at the time I was 12 and I would have been 13 over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we still didn't really know that much about the dance world. I wasn't even really considering as a profession just it wasn't on my radar but Mm -hmm. I actually Lauren Collette who's in the company now she went to my studio and she had gone to SAB the previous year Mm -hmm. um and I'd had a lot of people tell me you should audition you'd love it so I finally managed to convince them I told them I just want to see if I'm going to get in I'm not going to go I know you won't let me go (laughs) (laughs) um and then I went to the audition and it was with Darcy Kessler and Katrina Killian Mm -hmm. um and they ended up asking me to stay after the audition and they offered me a full scholarship to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was like my little 12 year old self. I said, Oh, thank you so much. But my parents actually aren't going to let me go anywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Dicey said, okay, is your mom here? Can you bring her over to me and I can oh, talk to her? My God. So I was like running through this crowded studio trying to find my mom. Um, and she talked to Darcy, and eventually, after lots of coaxing and talking, they let me go. Wow, that's some great peer pressure. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we will do whatever we can to help get you here. That's so fantastic. So they clearly saw something in you. Now, do you feel like your training had been balancing up to that point? Like, were you familiar um, with that training? Definitely not. Yeah. Um, I think, in fact, one of my my main teacher wasn't a huge fan of SAB and I don't think Mm -hmm. particularly wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was definitely very classical, not balancing, but I think it did set me up to be able to adapt to the balancing technique since I had a strong classical base. I was just going to ask if you had done any other um, auditions for summer programs or were you you really just interested in seeing if you could get into the one and then... Yeah, that was my only one I believe I think mm-hmm. maybe the next year I auditioned for ABT and SFB um mm-hmm. but I wanted to go back to SAB so right yeah so what was your summer like at SAB how did you like adapting to that new style and kind of yeah, and being I, so far from home at a young age mm-hmm. I loved it um it, I I know some people when they get to SAB they struggle a little bit or it's just really different but I really loved it. I loved all the teachers. Um, and it was just so much fun. I feel like I, you, I got to dance more. I got more corrections. Um, so yeah, I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. Was there a moment then when you started to think more seriously about it as a career? Because you were saying when you mm-hmm. when you were 12, you know, yeah. understandably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't too <laughs> concerned about whether or not this was going to lead to a yeah. long term. I think I think definitely um, going to the summer courses was when I realized it could be an option for me to become a professional. Before that, I just hadn't really seen anyone outside of my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that I necessarily told myself oh you aren't good enough to do that I just wasn't thinking about it and in my mind it was kind of far away you know you have to be really good to do that I don't know Um, (laughs) but then I went to the summer course and it was kind of like okay I could maybe do this Mm-hmm. such an important part of summer courses, I think, right? Not only the new training that you get, but also that eye-opening experience of being kind of away from your little fishbowl that is your studio and yeah, seeing, sure. you know, what else is out there. Yeah. So uh, how did your full t- how did you decide to go then full-time um, to SAB for the year-round school? Yeah. So the second summer I was there, I was 14, um, and I was going to be starting my first year of high school in the fall. Um, and a couple of weeks in, they asked me to stay for the year-round program. Um, and after more coaching my parents, <laughs> um, we accepted. So, yeah. Such a baby. 14, is that, that's about the youngest they take in the dorms, right? I yeah, yeah. So um, did you feel that when you came to the the full the year-round program? Were you like, oh, my God, I'm a baby in, you know, <laughs> in a new situation that is um, intimidating. Yeah. I mean, I remember being very nervous about the fact that when they initially asked me, they asked me into B2, which is mm-hmm. um, where most people, when it's their first year, go into. And then for whatever reason, a couple weeks later, they said, we actually want you to go into C1. So mm-hmm. I remember being very nervous about that. Um, just, am I going to be behind everyone? Are they all going to they've already been there for a year, they're doing their own thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But it ended up really working out really well. I'm lucky my level is full of wonderful people who were very accepting. Um, And yeah, I think I, I had an easy transition to moving to SAB. Mm -hmm. Were you at all scared or like worried about being were you homesick at all? I mean, that is a far way to go all the way across the country from home, living in a really big city at such a young age. Was that any part of your consideration? Or were you just like, I'm super into this? I love it here. This is great. (laughs) I mean, I guess I, I was a little homesick. Like I remember it hitting me as I was getting on the plane to fly exactly what I was gonna do. But I think I've always been pretty independent. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't a huge issue for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's something that I struggled with a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned at SAB, the major performing opportunity that the students get is the workshop that happens every year Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the school year. Uh, What were your workshop experiences like? Um, So my... Um, the only workshop I did was when I was in C2. It was my second year at the school. Um, and I got to be in Scotch Symphony, which Suki Shore coached, and um, Send a Ballet, which is a Christopher Wielden ballet that Katrina Killian coached. And we actually ended up performing that with the company a couple mm-hmm. months before workshop, which was a really cool experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how was that working with Suki on Scotch Symphony? It's such a great ballet. Michael and I have both mm-hmm. danced it. And so what was that experience like for you? 
Yeah, it was so great. I mean, Suki is such a great coach. She has such a good eye and she's just so specific. And mm-hmm. when you're at SAB, this is the one performance you're leading up to. So you really have a lot of time to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just very in-depth coaching, working on all the little details. Um, and I think it that experience made me a lot stronger and a lot more confident as a dancer. Mm-hmm. When did you start rehearsing? The performance is typically like last mm-hmm. weekend of May and usually I guess the gala performance falls on like June 2nd or yeah. so. So when did you start preparing for it? I want to say maybe in March. Oof. Maybe like the end of March. I can't remember exactly, but it's a long time. I remember yeah. <laughs> there's when you are rehearsing something for that long, I remember it kind of, it was all going well, going uphill, and then you kind of start to get worse. Plus, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you start over rehearsing, and then it slowly hopefully comes back up. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so let's work on it for a long time. <laughs> Which is, of course, so different from company life. <laughs> yes, so, so different. Yeah. Was it just Suki working with you, or did you ever have any outside coaches come in? Yeah, I know Suki. Had- Suki was our main coach, and then mm-hmm. Kay was there one day because she danced the role, and then Peter came one day. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really great to get all the different input, different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Would you say that they – did they have different coaching styles, or did Kay I – mean, Kay dance the role. Did she offer anything specific? Maybe um, the balancing? Yeah, I think she had little – memories of slightly different arms that she'd do or mm-hmm. um an intention that she thought mm-hmm. of like you're always keeping your eye on the man and mm-hmm. um, yeah it's such a, a special and uh, like sort of um different ballet you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not done that often mm-hmm. um and but it's such like a little gem yeah little ballet. It's just so fortunate i got to do it, it has a little bit of everything Mm-hmm. And then the, the was it the next year or maybe I guess it was two years down the line that you got to actually dance it in the company you got to be mm-hmm. the core yeah was, that was what, really fun I'm imagining that it was a little bit different of an experience probably <laughs> learning the core in like two minutes and yeah. versus your months long preparation yeah. um, for the workshop <laughs> yes it definitely was but I think I mean I had seen the ballet so much mm-hmm. um. So even though I didn't do the core for workshop, I kind of knew the steps. They were they came to me pretty easily because I'd just seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. But right. the core of that ballet is so fun too. It, oh, it's the best. Yeah. We, yeah. we stand. We love it. We stand. Oh. <laughs> um, do you feel like you were able to use a lot of the corrections from your time working with Suki on that? As then in the company when you were doing just the core, was were you feeling like oh I remember certain things here and there that yeah, will help. I guess so. And definitely through the process, it was bringing back memories and yeah. phrases that Suki and Susie, cause Susie did the core and Suki did the principles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That they would say. Mm-hmm. Susie Pilar, we're talking about yes, former Susie podcast Pilar. guest. Yes. Um, <laughs> Great guest. So y- you were quite young during your mm-hmm. workshop. Uh, I think you were 16, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So e- e- you were very young, but you did uh, receive a great deal of praise. I remember the audience was really excited about your performance. I was there. Um, <laughs> I saw the beginning. Uh, Star is born moment. Um, but so did that. I'm sure, even though I know you're modest, because I know you, but um, did that kind of 
maybe give you an impression that even though you were as young, you might get in that year? What was your expectation like? And how, how did you cope with the sort of, you know, flip side of what being successful can mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I didn't dwell on it too much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, after the show, I remember being very overwhelmed with support from all my teachers um, and my friends. So that was really wonderful. And then, yeah, there was like a review that came out a couple weeks later. But um, I don't know. I never really talked to anyone about it. So it'd be kind of weird. <laughs> but I do. Um, I mean, I tried not to put too much pressure on myself. But I think one of the reviews said it just kind of assumed that I was getting in the company. And at that mm-hmm. point, um, I hadn't gotten in the company and I was trying really hard to keep an open mind to not being set on just city ballet, even Mm -hmm. though of course that's what I wanted, but I'd seen every year there are people that are super talented and everyone thinks they're going to get in and everyone tells them they're going to get in. And then for whatever reason they don't, and that's so devastating and heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So I think I was just very much trying to shield myself from that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just trying to keep an open mind that I didn't know what was going to happen and that I might not end up at City Ballet. Mm-hmm. But you did. <laughs> I did. So how did that come about? How, you were one of the last dancers chosen by Peter Martin. So how did yeah. he offer you your job? So I was in the moment, it was very unexpected. Looking back, there were definitely signs and hints that people dropped to me. Um, (laughs) But it was, um, they needed to take people for Nutcracker. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, a Monday afternoon after a variations class, Renee, who was Kay's kind of assistant, grabbed me after class and said, Kay wants to talk to you in her office. Um, And Kay... Kay's office kind of has um, that glass that you can see the outlines through, yeah. but not exactly what's happening. And I could see Maxwell and Jonathan were in there. And uh-huh. there two boys that got their apprenticeships with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew what was happening, but wasn't exactly sure. Um, so they came out and they were like shocked and happy. Um, and I went in um, and yeah, they, P- I, Peter was like, do you know what's happening? no not really (laughs) and then they made me sweat it out for a little I remember she said well before I ask you um you know I need to know how old are you and I said 16 and he John Stafford and Kay Mesa were in there and he looked at John and I was like oh no he's gonna be like you're too young we can't take you yet but John was like it's fine it's fine um so then he said do you want to be an apprentice with the New York City Valley and of course I said yes oh my gosh you were you thinking in that moment like darn it I should have told him I was 18 and I was like oh no <laughs> oh my gosh that's so- and so and I thought there's hasn't there been rules more recently, right? That they want you to be 18 before you join the company. Is that right? Or that's like informal. Not that I know. No. Of. Oh, I thought Michael had told me there was something like that. It was. It's they. I don't know. It just if it's, seemed it's not that way. Being official, but gotcha. I think that they. What I what I'd heard through the grapevine was that certainly they were trying to make sure that people had graduated high school. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, I actually. Um, I'm very glad I did this in retrospect, but I graduated a year early. So, mm-hmm. um, so I still, there. I still had to, so I graduated high school in three years, but that first year when I was an apprentice, I was 
finishing up my last year of high school. But I'm so happy that I did that because doing my second year when I became a core member, my workload definitely picked up. So Mm -hmm. finishing high school and doing that for two years would have been a lot. lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was your first year in the company like? And how did it maybe differ from your initial expectations, like what your dreams of being in New York City Ballet were? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think when you're an apprentice, at least my experience was I got in for Nutcracker and you're rehearsing for Nutcracker like crazy. And then once Nutcracker started, I wasn't really rehearsing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of slower, not than you want or than you expected, but you aren't doing that much. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But as you go on, and I think as I get to know you and see what you're capable of and build trust, you definitely start learning more. Um, And I remember after my first year, things definitely picked up and I got a lot busier. You know, that's interesting because I think that's something that like um, apprentices or students who are working with a professional company and doing something like Nutcracker, you feel so busy Mm -hmm. and fulfilled, right? Especially if you're a woman doing, you know, snow and flowers, you feel very fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes it can kind of drop off for the next part of the season. So how did you kind of cope with that, I guess, because you probably were like on such a high from Nutcracker. And then when Mm -hmm. it kind of falls off, what was what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, I mean, I was still pretty busy. Um, When you're an apprentice, you understudy a lot of things. So while I maybe wasn't on stage that much, you were still understudying things. In rehearsals. But it did make me realize, yeah, in rehearsals, um, it did make me realize I'm glad I got in for Nutcracker because you're just thrown on stage so much and you get very comfortable being on stage. Mm -hmm. Whereas for the rest (laughs) of the season, um, I wasn't on stage as much. So I think I, if that had been my first experience, it would have made each show maybe more nerve wracking, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Did did you have any, um, you know, understudy experiences where you got thrown on sort of last minute? Like that's the, the, Mm -hmm. the dilemma of an understudy is that it can be quite boring because you're in the back. Um, you know, maybe you, once you've learned it, it can be hard. You, you don't have space to do things full out. So you're just like watching something over and Mm -hmm. over and over. But then Mm -hmm. you also still have that like back of your mind stress that it could be a reality if someone goes down. Did you ever get thrown on into into Um, something that you were not expecting? Yes, I have multiple times. (laughs) Um, I think the first time I got thrown on day of, I was an apprentice and I got thrown into the cage. Oh my god. That's gosh. fun. Yeah. Though. yeah. Yeah, it was so fun. But I think it was during the Robins Festival. So it was super crazy. Things weren't getting a lot of rehearsal. Um, I think everyone who was in the cast had either done it before or understudied it. So it wasn't taught super thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um but so I was kind of surprised that like I think I surprised myself that I actually knew it. <laughs> because I I remember the first rehearsal, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have no idea what's going on. Cause it's not uh-huh. classical ballet. It's like harder to pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but it ended up being okay. I watched a video a lot. I think I like made up my own count. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's Stravinsky. You gotta yeah. you gotta have something. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of my favorite things I've done I've been thrown on to like Mozartiana and Second Movement Brahms core. Both of those I was thrown on day of, and those are some of my favorite roles I've gotten to do. I like your Mozartiana story because I've heard it before. 
<laughs> Share it with what, us. What, what, it, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just got... I don't know. Well, it was that you, well, two, two things that I enjoy was firstly, uh-huh. the, the, like they, do they always do this for Mozart Tiana? Is it specific to this or is it just because you were new to the ballet, any ballet, but someone, you had the person doing your hair. Oh yes. yes, yes. Well, so, um, no, yeah, for Mozart Tiana, part of the costume is you have, um, these big curls that they put on top of your bun mm-hmm. and, um, actually, all the times I've done Mozartiana, it's been in a program with Serenade, Intermission, Mozartiana, Intermission, PC2, Intermission, and I've done all three. Test um, program. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, but basically, during both of the intermissions, the first intermission, you're going to get your hair done, get the curls in, and second intermission, you have to go get, get the curls out. off and do a bun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, my first show, I was like, I felt prepared, but I was a little nervous. I wanted to be on stage you know, when they called on stage. Um, and I was the last person to get my hair done because there are four core girls. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to wait your turn. And our hairdresser, Susie, she's the best, but um, she was not feeling very rushed the same way I was. <laughs> oh, no. And I was up there without my costume. Luckily, I had my point shoes on, but I was up there without my costume on, getting my hair still pinned in as they were calling on stage. <laughs> and... Susie was like, it's fine, you know, you don't start on stage, it's okay. And I was like internally freaking out, but I couldn't say anything. <laughs> and also just for yeah. people who aren't sure, on stage call is five minutes before, right? Yeah. For you guys too? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it ended up being close. fine. I made it in costume like right as the ballet was starting. I didn't get to try anything on stage, but I made it. But it was... <laughs> That's literally a like st- a stress nightmare for stress. me. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's fun good. though. That's good. But another thing that I love, I won't say the name of this dancer. It's someone I love dearly. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you go ahead and tell the story too. Cause it's... Yeah, well, I got thrown onto this. Um, and I think I keep a pretty level head, so I was okay. But this one dancer who's been doing this role forever was getting nervous. <laughs> and she like asked me, she's like, do you do a glissade before this part or no? Like, I just can't remember. <laughs> and she's asking me like about the choreography. <laughs> um, I was like, um, I think you do a glissade. <laughs> then were you second like, guessing yourself? Funny. Like, ah. I mean, for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was just funny. <laughs> That's amazing. I just wanted to touch a little bit on the fact that, um, you were one of the last dancers chosen by Peter, as we mentioned, and a lot of transition was going on in the company as you were just coming in. So what was that? How do you react to that as a young dancer? Of course, the older dancers with a lot of history with the company feel one way, but kind of coming in, what was that making you feel? Was that making you feel more nervous or were you just like, I'm focused and like whatever happens, mm-hmm. happens? Well, so I think it was maybe a month or less after I'd gotten in when all the stuff started coming out and Peter took a leave of absence. So I really mm-hmm. wasn't, I really wasn't in his company under him. Right. right. Um, and in a way, like the older dancers were telling that group of apprentices, oh, it must be so hard. Like everything's in limbo. Everything's mm-hmm. so confusing right now. But also in a way, I didn't really know what it was like before. I didn't have that experience of having a stable, um, you know, one director and you know what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was just my reality. I didn't really know anything different, but it definitely was a weird time. Um, But I think it was also comforting that 
Jonathan Stafford was one of the interim people. And I feel like he knew all of the young people who just gotten in the company. He'd been teaching us right for um, in the school. So I feel like he knew us as dancers. <clears throat> so it wasn't something that I was super worried about, but mm-hmm. it was definitely a strange time and, you know, lots of turmoil in the company. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Peter had this reputation for pushing young dancers very hard out of the gate, mm-hmm. um, which that sort of subsided, obviously, as it went to the transition team. Did that worry you? you were, were you ever like, I'm young and I want to dance? And what if it shifts to now seniority matters more than yeah. that? Um, to be honest, I don't think I was thinking about that too much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I felt... I still felt busy doing what I was doing and I was just happy to be there and learn whatever I could. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was still, I think people maybe don't know, but behind the scenes, you may not see anyone debuting, but they Mm -hmm. do have lots of people learn things, Um, you know, just being in the back of the room, understudying and waiting their turn. Um, Right. So I don't think it was a big concern for me. Or I just Mm -hmm. didn't really think about it that much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't have to wait too long anyway luckily yeah <laughs> um and your first really big role came in the fall season mm-hmm. uh, with your premiere of the tall girl in rubies mm-hmm. so what was your preparation like leading up to this premiere and then what was the performance experience itself yeah. like for you so it was i mean at city ballet so is pretty typical for anything um there isn't a ton of rehearsals i actually we got casting before i had my first rehearsal so I found out I was doing it before I had my first rehearsal, which in a way was nice. Um, I guess it takes some of the pressure off. But I also had a moment where I was thinking, um, I don't know if I can do this role. I don't know if I'm going to look good doing this, but I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go out there and do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I worked with Rosemary, our mm-hmm. ballet mistress on that. So that was um, great to work with her on that. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. What a great ballet. That's another, it's another Stravinsky yeah. ballet, okay. but you had counts this time. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to make them up. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. There's a great video of you in that, and we will share it with this episode because it's really, really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy I got to do it. Like in the school, and even since I got in the company, I hadn't done a ton of neoclassical things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought of myself as, more of a classical dancer. I mean, even for workshop, I did scotch, which is in a knee length tutu, um, Mm -hmm. very classical. So I didn't really know if I'd be good at that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed it. And I think I've gotten to do a couple other things that are more neoclassical. So it's, I think it's opened up. I don't know. Yeah, it's opened up some other things. Well, the next big opportunity you had was in very neoclassical work or two works, I guess. There Typically, well, I think now they're always performed together. Mm-hmm. Movements for Piano and Orchestra and Monument in Progress Waldo. Um, so they're two Stravinsky ballets, quite short, but done together. And the, Though they premiered separately and had different female leads, they I don't know when it happened, but Balanchine started to like seeing them together back to back. So you did these dual roles and you were lucky enough to be coached by Suzanne Farrell, who is one of the great interpreters of the roles. And I believe I I came up with this, but I could be wrong. Someone could maybe, maybe Alistair is going to text me. But I think, I think you're the first teenager 
to have danced the roles since Suzanne herself. So that's special. I don't know. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what was it like working with Suzanne, someone you obviously admire immensely? Mm -hmm. And what was her coaching style like? Yeah. So um, I was so excited to get to work with her. I mean, that's something that I didn't think I'd ever get to do. Um, But it was really great. We ended up only having one coaching session with her. I think we were supposed to have two, but she had some scheduling conflict. Um, So we just had an hour and a half with her, and it flew by. She had so many in-depth corrections. I think all the the framework was all there, but Mm -hmm. some of the intention and just little steps, little musicality things get Mm – a little distorted throughout the years. Mm, sure. Um, but she remembered everything so clearly and like every eight counts, she'd have a correction, a detail. So mm-hmm. it was a lot, but it was really good. And it was just amazing to get to work with her and be in the studio with her. Did you do any kind of like journaling or anything during that time to like write down all those corrections? Yeah, I trick- tried to, I tried to write down what I could remember. <laughs> what you could remember. It's a lot if she's yeah. throwing that yeah. much information at you. Ugh, I'm sure that must have been so amazing. What an experience. Yeah, it was really special. I feel very lucky. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you feel like that kind of impacted the way you danced the role um, versus how you'd been rehearsing it before? Did you, were you able to incorporate a lot of her uh, words into that? Um, yeah, I think it just thinking about different ways of attacking the steps. Um, and I also watched a video of her doing that, the mm-hmm. role then. Um, so you can really see what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. I think just different, yeah, different attacks, different ways of thinking about the steps, um, like slightly different musicality. Is, is it that the famous video where Stravinsky's in front and Balanchine is? is running the rehearsal that you watched? I saw a little clip from that, but then I um, I went to the library and saw a performance. Video. Okay. I love that. I mean, that video is just so good because yeah. Suzanne is amazing and she's like 18. <laughs> um, and But the story behind it is when she arrived, she showed up late and she because she had come from an algebra test. Oh my <laughs> like that's gosh. how young she was. Um, <laughs> And then afterwards, that was when she told Balanchine that she couldn't do it. She was like, I'm just not good enough. And then he said, let me be the judge. Mm -hmm. So famous story. Maybe we can get a (laughs) A clip of that up somewhere. (laughs) We'll look for it. Um, Just overall, do you find, uh, you know, you worked with Suki for so long on Scotch Mm -hmm. and then Suzanne was so specific. Like, how does that affect your overall performance having a really specific coach like someone that sort of gives you a roadmap of what to do versus having to find that on your own do you are there pros and cons or yeah I think for sure I really like so for um monumentum and movement Suzanne was there for one day but we were mostly working with Rebecca Crone Mm -hmm. um and she danced this role when she was dancing with the company and I think this is the most prepared I've ever felt for probably Mm -hmm. anything I've done with the company because she was able to get us a lot of rehearsal and we worked very in depth with her. So mm-hmm. I felt very comfortable and prepared to do it, which I think is important for this role because the counts and the movement is so complex and it has to be very exact. So I think this is a ballet that definitely requires a lot of coaching and a lot mm-hmm. of rehearsal. Right. Whereas something else um, might not, but I think it's always better 
you know, to get more coaching. It doesn't always happen because we're so busy and have so much rep, but I always enjoy it when that does happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're learning a lot of, like you mentioned before, that there are a lot of, um, parts that people are learning and understudying, but maybe you're not yet in their repertoire. So what are some of the things that you're currently understudying and maybe things that you would be excited to perform in the future? Oh, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I like allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, well, I Michael has that. them listed here. What you, I <laughs> Michael, what do you I know you're right. <laughs> well, I think, well, they had you learn scotch, which was yes. obviously that's a big deal, no matter what. But then I think probably what could be the two most coveted roles in the entire rep, you learn symphony and C second movement and Odette Odile. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> Insane. I don't think definitely it's not crazy. not ready, but but that, that's challenge. but even if you don't feel ready, like it's. It's it's an interesting yeah. thing. Like you're 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 have to bear the weight of these responsibility learning at a very young age. But does it not? Do you approach things differently, knowing like that the performances of these roles may be years down the line? Like it's not the same yeah. thing as like okay, I have to go in and mm-hmm. um, I'm getting ready to dance this. It's like it's a sort of long-term arc of your personal progress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely motivational um, Mm -hmm. and something to look forward to. Um, Yeah. I mean, just being in the room for, like, I remember the first rehearsal that I was in the back of the room for of Bizet. I was learning it with Preston and the music started and we just looked at each other and like almost started crying. Like what is happening? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's exciting. Um, And yeah, definitely motivation to keep on working hard. You know, I think when they're like, we've talked to you and many other people about how quickly things move in New York city ballet in terms of um, maybe not as much rehearsal as one might always want it. These kinds of things are really interesting, right? Cause they're very important roles and this gives you time, maybe years or a couple of years, you know, to think about the parts, watch other yeah, people do it. True. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're getting that long-term rehearsal in as much as yeah. I mean, as you possible. can learn, you can learn a lot just being in the back and watching. Yeah. And I do have to say, um, I mean, you never know when someone's going to get injured. Like I wasn't originally, supposed to do M&M, but then mm-hmm. Maria Karowski got injured. So I got to do it. So you, you never know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So while we've been lucky enough to see you in Balanchine, and obviously that fits you like a glove, and I know that, that you love dancing that as well, what have been some of your more unexpected performing opportunities, th- roles that are outside of the, the Balanchine canon? Hmm. Um... I guess I got put into Pam Tanowitz's ballet. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't originally in it, but someone got injured and I got thrown in at the last minute. So that was definitely something different. Did you get to work Um, with Pam on that or was it mm -hmm. already? Yeah. We love Pam, friend of the pod. Yeah, she's so sweet. Yeah. Do you... Sorry, go on. No, that was just um, an interesting and educational experience in doing something different. Mm-hmm. So it, 
it's kind of par for the course that anyone at City Ballet will inevitably get thrown into things. But mm-hmm. where do you fall on the spectrum of people that, you know, enjoys it, sort of thrives off of it? Or do you feel like you're a good fit for that? Like you're pretty smart or, or quick with steps? Or are you someone that would just, that prefers like you want that time? Like what you said you had for Movements and Monumentum, you mm-hmm. had the time. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall, do you think, um, in um, terms of? I mean, I don't think, I don't really mind getting thrown in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously, sometimes you wish you'd had a rehearsal, mm-hmm. but I think I usually, <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty good about knowing my parts and not freaking out um, mm-hmm. and just keeping a, keeping calm, keeping an even head. Mm-hmm. So COVID-19 has blunted everyone's artistic life. <laughs> yeah. um, but for you personally, it must be, Uh, especially more difficult because you had been building up this momentum and now to have this period of time where things are back in limbo. Um, How are you staying physically and mentally fit during this challenging time for everyone and also for artists? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't, I, by all means, I don't think I'm doing the best job of staying in shape you know what everybody's <laughs> but, doing the best they yeah. can but, well, yeah. Every- I've, I've been trying i've been trying to do ballet bar um like monday to friday doesn't always happen every day um <laughs> that's okay but i'm trying to do that do you know do some workout stuff i've been going on some bikes just trying to get outside um i guess just trying to stay moving and then who knows how long this is gonna last but mm-hmm. just trying to stay moving and do different things that like, I feel like I never, I hadn't gotten in the habit of working out really since I've been in the Mm -hmm. company, which is something that I know that I should be doing, Mm -hmm. but I kind of just always told myself I was too busy. Um, (laughs) So this is a good time to focus on that more now that I have time. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. great. How, what are some of the um, cross training regimens that you're exploring right now? Yeah, I, I like doing Pilates. Um, nice. I'm very lucky. My dad built himself a reformer a while ago, so we have a reformer uh, at our house. Whoa, that's is, cool. Yeah, which is really great. So just trying to do Pilates and just strengthening exercises. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like you are doing plenty, Mira. Yeah, we can't yeah, all I be think, we can't yeah. all be friend of the pod, Gonzalo Garcia doing no. the, literally. Gonzalo built himself something out in his I yard saw, and is doing no joke. <laughs> theme and variations wow. solos he's running them oh my like, god <laughs> that's very impressive we I mean, were, also yeah. for, for me bar is probably my least favorite part of the day <laughs> and that's kind of the only thing you can do now that you can do so, right. there you I go mean, it's, it's it's very important and i'm trying to do it but mm. <laughs> it's okay i think we all have to give ourselves a little leeway in these times you know like if you can't yeah. do it one day that's okay uh, and and I, yeah. not yeah it's so it's I'm not even a dancer but the <laughs> what I had set up for myself was I really wanted to be physically active six times a week and then yesterday mm-hmm. it was raining and disgusting and I couldn't yeah, do it it's and I felt awful raining. all day it's so unmotivating <laughs> yeah it's, it's, but yeah if I, I don't do anything I do feel gross <laughs> yeah I told myself but, I was like you know, this is the perfect time to get into ballet because everyone's doing class from home and I won't feel bad and like day one of quarantine I did like an Instagram live like followed along with um, Bella and James and I was like okay I think I'm done and it's been like four weeks and I haven't done another one yet <laughs> I'm doing yoga well, so I'm working out oh, still. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat like 
for everyone because I'm obsessed with the classes. But John Clifford, he has three classes up and I love them and they're so good. And they just, so they're super short, some of them, like like 30 minutes even. Oh, and you, it just gets you together and going and you feel great. He does one that is, he, I mean, his class incorporates uh, a lot of different influences. Obviously, by Balanchine is one of them. But then he also does one uh, where he just gives Balanchine combinations. Yes. So that's interesting. Oh, I want to watch that. Are you giving yourself bar or are you watching something? Where are you accessing? Um, I've been I've been following along on Instagram lives too. Nice. Um, the com- our company is offering a Zoom class, but just since I'm on the West Coast, I took it one day, but it means uh, taking class at 7.30. And <laughs> no, that's really <laughs> that's early. very not ideal for me. Yeah, that's no, okay. Don't, so. don't do it. Tyler Peck's doing a good West Coast I've time frame. doing... <laughs> Tyler's, Isabella and James, they have a great one. Um, Irina and Max have been doing one on Block that I really like. They've oh, been cool. teaching Christine Shevchenko from ABT. Nice. Um, so just a little variety. There you go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't done this in a while, right? The yeah, lightning I don't round. know why. Where, where have we been? I, I think, here we are. Well, the thing is, we, we've really started to draw out our questions, which is fun. I love Love it. Like we've been talking to Mira now for what, 45, 45 minutes. minutes. And we used to do shorter questions, but yeah. now, well, we're, we've we're, got time. We a long run and we're going to, yeah, do, we have time. <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to wrap up with a little lightning round for you. So who, okay. who is your favorite teacher or coach that you've worked with? Hmm. That's very hard. Um, it's lightning. got to say, I know. I think, I think I've, I have a really great relationship with Susie Pilar and she, um, you know, she gave me a lot of attention as a student and helped me a lot with my dancing. And whenever I'm preparing for a bigger role at City Ballet, she always offers to help me. So, yeah, I like working with Susie a lot. Yeah, she's she really is the best. <laughs> um, so you're still very early in your career and there's so much exciting stuff ahead of you. What is a dream role that you would like to see included in your career? Um, I think diamonds for sure. Uh, I was actually one thinking of my about main, talking. my main dream roles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Swan Lake with Ortiana, Brahms fourth movement looks so fun. <laughs> They're your know. first three. You're, you have a trend. You have a, a favorite there. You've got all Tchaikovsky. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I like that beautiful music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. I don't know. So many things. I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> and you'll do it all. Who's who's a choreographer you most want to work with that you have not yet? Mm-hmm. Maybe Alexei Rutmansky. Mm. I've never worked with him, um, but everyone says it's so amazing, and he pulls things out of you that no one else does. So that would be mm-hmm. really cool to do at some yeah. point. Right. He's amazing. Um, do you have a dream partner to dance with? Maybe for diamonds. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know if I have a specific person. I don't know anyone who can get me on my leg and lift me and wants to dance with hey, me. Hey, that's a dream partner. <laughs> wow. You're as setting the bar really. high there. <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you want to hold me up, come on over. <laughs> I have another um, quarantine-themed lightning round question. Is there a TV show, movie, podcast, book, something that you've been really enjoying doing in quarantine? Or yeah, t- my brother, my dad, and I have all been watching Westworld. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. I was wondering if I needed to re- give – I kind of drifted out of the second season and now See, the third season is the second, back. The second season was definitely 
Not as good as the first. Okay. Yeah, the but, first season is like perfect. So it's good. So yeah, the first exciting. Is so good. But um, we're all caught up now, so we're on season three. Okay, so it's How's worth it. Going? It's it's very different, but it's good. Okay. Okay. You heard it okay. here first, people. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. That time just flew by. That was so much fun. Thank you for offering thank us you, some Mira. time away during quarantine to chat. Yeah, with yes. of course. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.